Hello, lovely ladies, and welcome to Zion's Company of Women podcast. I'm Lana. And I'm Courtney. And it's wonderful to be with you again today. Courtney, my friend, hello. How are you? Hello. I'm excellent. I'm good. Life is wonderful. We had beautiful rain all day today. I got to kind of be a hobbit for a little while, which I just love, kind of just getting cozy and getting ready for seasons to change. So it was great. It was a wonderful day. How about you? How was your morning? It's good. But it, it, we always talk about the weather, but I'm going we to do. tell you about the weather. It's warm. And our incredible guest this morning is from Queensland, and I'm sure it's very warm there right now too. But I literally have a portable air conditioner sitting right next to me. So if you're hearing a like buzzing noise, that's mm -hmm. probably because I can't survive in this room without it. Yeah. Um, but besides that, I am doing wonderful and I'm well, very excited. Oh, sorry. No, I was just going to say, I always joke around about uh, those of us that live in the southern parts of the United States, we have an emotional connection with our air conditioner because we would not make it. <laughs> we have a relationship. We would not make it if we didn't have, <laughs> didn't have that there. So I, I fully support this air conditioning business going on. <laughs> yeah, well, that's how I'm feeling right now, my friend. Good. I'm very thankful. <laughs> well, I am... Well, I know we both are, but I'm so excited this morning that we have a beautiful friend, Catherine Renala, who is with us. Catherine, hello, my friend. So Lana, it's lovely to be here. Good to see you. It's so lovely seeing you too. Is it very warm in Queensland? Right it's now? beautiful. I it's tell beautiful. you, spring spring in Queensland is is a very beautiful place to be. <laughs> and I'm actually up at the up at the Sunshine Coast at the moment and um, enjoying the sunshine and it's it's just a beautiful time of year. It's lovely. It's lovely. Well, I am just so thankful that you are here this morning and I know that um, ladies listening, I am sure that you know Catherine. Um, she is such an incredible woman of God. I want to say before I ask you, Catherine, just to share a little bit about you. A number of years ago, Catherine reached out to me and invited me to uh, the Australian um prophetic council like the round table uh, a number of years ago and uh, and so I flew up to oh, I went to Queensland and connected with Catherine and can I just tell you you know those moments in life when God just connects you with someone and it's like one of the greatest gifts well that's what uh, Catherine has really our friendship has been to me like I am constantly encouraged and inspired by the way that she walks in such intimacy with the Lord and carries his heart and with such purity and integrity and the the power that of God that I, I just see time and time again flowing through her that comes from that that place of just yielded surrender and the, and just that that deep um that deep place of tenderness towards his heart, like truly a friend of God. That's what I think of when I think of you, Catherine, like you are someone who walks so closely with him, with your ear on his chest. So I'm just so thankful for you and so thankful that you're here this morning. Um, Thank you. That's, they're the loveliest things that someone could say because that, that truly is the place of our strength, isn't it? But we, I feel the same way. I was thinking about this yesterday and thinking, God, I'm so grateful for those you know, true friends in our lives. And you know, we felt the same. It was like a Mary and Elizabeth moment when we've connected. But for me, it's been a, um, 
it's been a beautiful thing to have a friend that I really trust and really love who is so on the same page. So, Lana, it's, this is delightful. It's always delightful to be with you. And I'm grateful for your friendship. It's been so significant over the years. Oh, I love you very much. Well, for those that Catherine may be listening for uh, the first time or they're like, oh, I haven't heard of Catherine, can you tell us a little bit about you? Well, praise the Lord. I, uh, I live in Queensland here with my husband and we have three beautiful children. Um, my husband's the Honorary Consul for Finland and he's a beautiful man. We've been married 32 years and um, we lead Glory City Church here in Brisbane and we have a network of churches. I have always been also itinerant uh, in my ministry. I love the healing space. I love to see people get saved and healed and delivered. And so I have the privilege of um, of doing that. We also have a television program because our heart is to get the word of God and God's love into everybody's space so that they have the opportunity to respond and connect with Jesus. So that is our heart. Um, I love our people. I love our Glory City people. And uh, we are just very, very grateful for the way the Lord has built his church, the way the Lord is moving in Australia and the nations of the earth. Yeah, it's beautiful. My goodness, I could sit here with you all day, Catherine, and talk about just the testimonies of the things that you're, you're seeing God do in the earth. Like it just, mind. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Like he is, he we, is so good. We just came back from Nigeria. It was my first time to Africa. I was there with Global Awakening. And I, you know, I, I, I've come back changed. My heart was so moved. They had, at the conference, they had over a thousand widows come as well. Um, they were expecting 300 widows in the area where we were, where they were going to be ministering to them, feeding them and doing sozo ministry and so on. But a thousand widows came and so... They, they were busting them back and forth to the conference. And, we, you know, I saw God open the eyes of the blind, ladies yeah. that have been completely blind, having to be led around by the hand, getting their sight back, the yeah. mute speaking, the lame walking, the deaf hearing. And oh. uh, I, so I'm at a bit of a high still, uh, thanking God for his goodness. As, as the cheers just kept going up throughout the crowd, as the Holy Spirit was touching and delivering and setting people free as the miracles were happening, people were running home to the villages to get the sick and it was extraordinary. So our God is alive and well and moving really powerfully. Yes. Amen. Oh, such great day. God is, is doing so many incredible things. It's just even listening to you, I'm like, oh, my gosh, my spirit's doing like backflips. I'm like, oh, the expectancy for what we are seeing, but also what we're going to see uh, in this in this new era my gosh I feel like we've just got our toes in the water like we haven't even seen like this is just the beginning of what we're going to see so I'm, Amen. I'm very excited. Amen. well Courtney my friend let's dive in let's have yes yes let's do it although I really have a feeling we're going to be coming back to some of that too Catherine because I could feel that going all over my body when you were mentioning it and I thought oh, okay we're going to have to make a pit stop <laughs> Yeah. back there in a little while but but um 
those of you that have been following along with us know that we had our previous podcast series was on the Song of Solomon, um, our precious Shulamite friend that we were walking with and through her transformation. Um, and so the series that we're on right now, Catherine, you know, is one where we're diving into what is the father's heart for the bride in the current time and space that we are in. And we love to lead off with this question of what does it mean to you to be the bride of Christ? Because that is such a for some, it's kind of a large concept. Um, some people are, are just now kind of understanding it and beginning to identify themselves as the bride. So we're trying to kind of open up this space for people to really begin to accept and explore and dive into what does it mean to be the bride of Christ. So we would just love to start off with that with you today of what does it mean to you, Catherine Renala, to be the bride of Christ? Uh this is one of my favorite things to talk about. And of course, the Song of Songs is one of my favorite books. So I'm, I'm so uh, thrilled to be talking about that. For us, I think um, the understanding that, as Paul said, that our relationship with Jesus is like marriage. It's a mystery and it's a beautiful thing. It's a covenant. And I've just been actually digging into the covenant uh, as I've been reading through scripture, you know, John 17, three says that, and this is eternal life, that they may know him, the one true God and Jesus Christ whom he sent. And this concept of eternal life being the very essence of eternal life and everything we do is about knowing him and having this intimate knowledge of him. And so for myself, I've been from the beginning of the year working my way slowly through the from the beginning of the book, right, right the way through Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. I'm in Joshua at the moment. And, and I'm making myself little notes about what does God value? I want to find out. I want to know you through the word of God. I want to know you every time I come to worship. I want to know you more every time I lift my voice to pray. And I think understanding our need to really every day have the Holy Spirit giving us more revelation in the knowledge of him is part of our privilege as the bride of Christ. And so as I look at it and recognize um, and looking through scripture, seeing the Lord revealing himself more and more, he begins revealing himself to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, and, and then Joshua we see the unveiling of who God is, God's deep desire to reveal himself to people. And then today, we living in the new covenant, we have the privilege of knowing him. And the knowledge of God is not something you get and then move on from. It's this continual delight. It's the very essence of eternal life, which I think is, is so important. And that's, that's our privilege. So in, in a married life with my husband, I, I don't um, say, well, you know, I met him, I married him, and then that's it. it it's relationally learning and growing uh, and discovering uh, who he is and understanding mm -hmm. that. And that, that's what it looks like for us in our relationship with God. Mm -hmm. I remember as a, as a child when I was in worship as a 12-year-old, I'd been raised in Sunday school. I believed in God, but I, I got honest with him one day and I said, Lord, 
I can't see you and I don't know you. And this is really hard to worship someone I haven't got a connection with. Help. <laughs> and at that moment, that was my conversion moment because the Lord did help me. He enlightened the eyes of my understanding. Suddenly I knew who I was talking to, who I was worshiping. And I think that concept of seeking with an intention to find, with a desperation, God, I've got to connect with you, is something Apostle God wants us to have every time we come to him in prayer, in worship, when we're reading the word, not, not settling for the level of our last encounter or the last experience, not settling with our current knowledge of him, but looking with a, a deep need, a deep hunger. Oh, Father, I need to connect with you. God, I want to know you more. And when anyone who comes to him in that posture, the Bible says, seek and you will find. And, and this is the dynamic of our relationship as the bride of Christ is one of the things I've discovered that he values is our heart's desire for him. And when we come with that, he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Oh, my goodness me. I, Catherine, one word I have been sitting on recently is that word discovery. And I have, I remember when I was in Bible college many, many, many years ago, and I remember sitting there and the lecturer saying this, and he said, you know, in Revelation, he said when, you know, the elders before the throne and they're crying out, holy, holy, holy. And he said, have you ever thought they're doing it for all of eternity, but it's not out of this place of like, holy, holy, yep, holy, holy is the Lord. There's an awe and wonder of who he is. And he said these words and it marked my life. He said to me, he said to the class, have you ever thought that every time they look up, they see another aspect, another revelation of who he is. And in that moment, as a like uh, 18 year old girl, I was marked by that. And I thought, you know what, I can spend my whole life like seeking him and I'll never find his end you know I'll never come to a point where I'm like I know him like completely like there's always more of him to discover mm. to know it's, oh so just hearing that thing yeah. <laughs> you know, it is this is the this is the very purpose it's the essence of eternal life that they may know him that we may discover mm -hmm. him in more and more ways because the Father's seeking worshippers who worship him in spirit and truth, John Paul says. And, and that is those that would not be worshipping out of um, ritual or obligation but out of a genuine, the spirit of wisdom and revelation enlightening the eyes of our understanding in the knowledge of him so that we can respond. I, I remember just this month, last month, I think, I was at... Um, the Greater Things event in Oklahoma City with Randy Clark and Martin Smith was leading worship. And Martin's just like amazing. Yeah. I love I love him as a worship leader. But the first night of the conference, I was really jet lagged and really tired, and I was just mm -hmm. making it to stay awake, you know. And yeah. we're worshiping, and I it takes a, a bit of energy to actually intentionally press through and seek and find. And I felt the Lord remind me. I'd been reading that morning in Deuteronomy or maybe the beginning of Joshua there where um, the, pe the people, oh no, in Deuteronomy, where the Lord had spoken to the people and said, you've been at this mountain long enough. 
it's time to come up and cross over. And I felt the Lord remind me of that, that we can actually get ourselves into a place where we're just staying in the, in the level that we've known, where God wants to bring us up higher all the time. And, and as, I, as I remembered that, uh, I, felt, I found the strength to press through and say, Lord, I want to know you more. I want to connect with you tonight in worship. And I had a vision of the man of fire standing in front of me and then upon me and in me. And then we had the most glorious time as the Holy Spirit moved in power that week. And for me, I just don't think we can ever, we should never want to waste a moment in his presence, a moment in worship or a moment seeking him on our bed that that we don't have this knowledge and expectation that he wants to give grace no matter how you're feeling just to, to press through and to seek him and to find him because he it, the reward is always supernatural strength he gives strength to the weary those who wait upon the lord shall renew their strength and that waiting is not a, a doing you know striving thing it's actually waiting with an expectation that he will give me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Wow. I love that. And I love, I love what you were saying too, because I see this is all the Lord's faithfulness is so precious to me. That is something about his nature that has been foundational for me in my walk with him of, of his faithfulness towards us as his bride. And I loved what you said in there about that our relationship with Jesus is a covenant. Um, on Monday, I was taking my kids to our homeschool co-op and I got behind this truck and I was kind of annoyed because I had already gone around him and then he came around me and I was like, what are you doing? I was kind of irritated and the Lord was like, look up. And I looked up and there was um, a logo on the truck that it looked like it had been, someone had tried to remove it, but they couldn't. Um, but I could read through it and it said covenant transport on it. And I was like, okay, Lord, I'm listening. <laughs> I will get behind the covenant and let you lead me <laughs> the rest of the way. But it's such a picture to me too, of what you're speaking about, Catherine, is that faithfulness. It's that covenant that, you know, that covenant with him, it never changes his faithfulness, his consistency. When we press through, like we're always going to find him. He's always there. Um, and it, it, the covenant never changes, but it transforms us you know, that place mm -hmm. of safety and that steadiness, that foundation where it's like, man, I can, when I need to, I can lay myself down on this. I can physically, whether it's in worship or Bible time, I've had time where it's like, Lord, I am, I am laying my, myself down on your faithfulness right now. I'm laying mm -hmm. myself down on your mercy and on your covenant that you promise you're never going to leave me. You're never going to forsake me. You're never mm -hmm. going to remove your peace from me this is always here, regardless of whatever I might see, I can press into those deeper things that are more sure in the spirit yeah. with you that are always there. And that to me has been one of those foundational places for transformation to happen in my life and in, in my heart. And I know it's true for so many. It's so true. Like as I was reading Joshua the other day, um, where as they were preparing to, take Jericho they the Lord had asked the people to circumcise themselves and then straight after they'd done this circumcision because they hadn't done it in the wilderness mm. um then the Lord revealed himself to Joshua and Joshua said 
are you for us or for them or for the enemies? And the Lord answered and said, no. And he just reminded Joshua, it was a, it was a Christophany where the Lord was revealing himself to Joshua, hey, it's not about you or them, it's all about me. Mm-hmm. And then having worshipped the Lord and recognised, wow, it's all about the kingdom, it's all about him. When we, when we recognise his lordship and we come into that place of covenant where we are saying, Lord, I give you my life and I receive your grace. He is faithful even when we're faithless. He remains faithful. This, this beautiful marriage covenant is so beautiful. And that, then I am, I've been really sort of camping here in Romans 12 as well. I like it in the Passion Translation because I think it, it hits my heart beautifully. He says here in verse 1, Beloved friends, what should our proper response to God's marvellous mercies be? To surrender yourselves to God, to be his sacred living sacrifices, and live in holiness, experiencing all that delights his heart. But this becomes your genuine expression of worship. Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. And to me, this is a picture of that bridal covenant where it's like the our magnificent God gave his life for us. And as we surrender and receive this gift of eternal life, our heart response, the goodness and kindness of God leads us to a place of repentance and a place where we have the freedom to daily come and bring our lives as living sacrifices. The other thing I've been looking at um, this year as a constant theme, and even this morning I was talking with my daughter Emily about it, is I've been studying altars in in scripture and you know, from the beginning when Noah built an altar after coming out of the ark and the first thing he did was build this extravagant altar and made an offering to the Lord that was a sweet smelling aroma to him mm. and um, and the Lord responded and he said as long as the earth remains seed time and harvest will remain and then as I studied the altars all the way through scripture I discover that every time someone made an altar and as worship to the Lord, God responded with blessing. That, In fact, he had promised that every time there's an altar, there's going to be a response, just like seed time and harvest. When there's an altar, there'll be a response. And and so this is this Romans 12. If you bring yourself as a living sacrifice, there will be a response from heaven. And that response is that his blessing comes, that his grace to be able to um, help us live in holiness, live in freedom will come. And I've, I've gotten so excited about this whole concept that day by day, morning by morning, in my imagination, I'm I'm building an altar and I bring all my family, I bring all my leaders, I bring all my things and I put it on the altar and I, I give it to the Lord afresh at, with that expectation based on his word that there will be a response from heaven. And I've been bringing my unsaved friends and relatives and I've been stunned to see what the Lord's done. Uh, just remarkable. Even my own father who I adore and I didn't get to grow up with because mum and dad were divorced when I was very young 
Um, I've been praying for his salvation like since I was six. But from the beginning of the year, I've been putting him on the altar. And uh, then in April, I got a phone call from him and he he was in the hospital and he was having to have a pacemaker put in. And he said, your brother said, I should ask you to pray for me, <laughs> which I'd never heard him say before. And so I prayed for him and um, then he said, oh, that's enough, that's enough, go and eat your dinner, you know, because he had started <laughs> to cry. And so I called him back a little while later and he said, when you prayed, I saw light come into the room. And then he, then he started saying, I didn't get to spend enough time with you when, we were growing, when you were growing up. And so I said, well, Dad, we could plan for eternity. And he said, well, that's why I was ringing. Your brother said you know how to do it. And um, I got to lead him to Jesus, which was so, so amazing. And then the following week, my brother, who told him about this, still hadn't uh, surrendered his life to the Lord. The following week, his, my brother and his wife also gave their hearts to Jesus. And so this, this concept of the altar is really blessing me that I, I really do this in faith every day. As I bring things to the altar, I'm expecting a response from heaven because of the covenant I have. That as I bring myself as a living sacrifice, as I bring my people, my things, because I'm in covenant with him, I know that he's going to respond. And the other thing is, I think, yeah. like Joshua recognizing that it's not about me and my team, it's about us being on his team. The beautiful part about covenant is that when you acknowledge his lordship, you also understand that he becomes then your protector and your provider and and knowing then that that brings you into a place of peace where you don't have to be stressing and worrying about how's it going to happen what's going to happen we're believing for a building at the moment and it's like so such a big step of faith for us because we you know we're having to believe for um millions of dollars that we don't have but knowing that I'm on Team Jesus, that it's not about Catherine or Glory City, it's about the fact that he's asked us to do this, to take this next step, I'm able to come into a place of peace where, well, I'm on Team Jesus. And so he's, he's my issue. He's my husband. He's my provider. He's my Lord. And acknowledging that, I, I recognize I'm not asking him to be involved in my stuff. I'm we're on team Jesus. He's the Lord and he's the one that's going to provide. So it's very significant. This, we can throw around theological words like covenant and, and so on. But when you actually understand what it means, oh, praise God. I'm so grateful. When I got married, I became Catherine Renala. I, I got a new name, but I also got a husband that then provided for me. I got to, you know, spend his money. <laughs> <laughs> and he went, he went to take care of so he was the one that took care of the bills and he to this day he looks after me and to me that's a beautiful yeah. picture of how, how Jesus is we take his name yeah. we be, we make him lord and he says and this is what i i do i'll take care of you yeah. i will i will look after you you are mine yeah. I love that, Catherine. I love, I love, because one of the things that I didn't realize when I was first married was what a joy my husband took in providing. 
for us. You know, mm -hmm. I just felt guilty a lot of the time because I was, which is so silly because I was staying home with our children and I wasn't working outside of the home to provide anything to come in, but he's given and given and sacrificed and, and done those things with joy to joyfully do that for me and for our family. And it, it, that's been a later lesson that I've learned. And it's been such a beautiful mm. thing to see him, you know, in the truth of that and to receive that because it's also helped change the way, okay, Lord, I see we're made in your image. You've made him in your image. Mm -hmm. This is a holy thing that comes from you. And so this is also part of your heart towards me as your daughter, but then also as the bride that just wants to give us the things that we delight in. It's not just to give you just enough to, to kind of eke by. And, and I don't, I don't mean that flippantly because I know, you know, there's times where we've <laughs> we're like, okay, Lord, we don't know where it's coming from, but we trust you that it's coming. Um, but that place of peace that is always there for us that we can mm -hmm. enter into um, regardless of what's going on. I, I love that you were talking about altars because, you know, that's something the Lord's really been speaking to me a lot lately about too, is that place of humility where we do roll those things over onto him because it's, yeah. I can't, I'm not designed to carry yeah. that. I'm not mm -hmm. designed to carry worry or fear or anxiety or any of that. That's not, he's not made me for that. He's made me for peace and he's made mm -hmm. me for trust and for joy. And yes, there's times where that's easier said than done. <laughs> But I love the place of you're talking about the imagination and going in and seeing yourself coming in with, with your people that you love and the things that you are praying about or the things that you're concerned with and you're laying them out. And it reminds me of, um, it's Psalm 5.3, which is, I'm sure, part of what you're talking about, where it says, at each and every sunrise, you will hear my voice as I prepare mm -hmm. my sacrifice of prayer to you. Every morning, I lay out the pieces of my life on the altar and wait for your fire to fall upon my heart. And it oh. says in the footnotes, I love Brian Simmons, it says, implied is the concept of preparing the morning sacrifice and the Aramaic text set states, at dawn, I shall be ready and I shall appear before you the Hebrew can be translated, I'll be on the watchtower for the answer to come. So there's that place oh. of knowing. I'm going to lay it out. And like you were saying, we wait and we expect. Like when there's yeah. an altar, there is a response. And that's just, yeah. I can feel that all over me right now. Oh, it's beautiful. So it's just, you know, as I've been doing my study, I've been um, recognizing one of the things that the Lord values is trust. He really values trust. And so this concept of having expectation that he will move. But it, it's true in marriage as well, isn't it? Like my husband yeah. really values trust. If I ask him to do something, he values that I'll trust him to do it. And um, and also, you know, as I'm looking at the altars and things that God values, the altars were also about Thanksgiving. And he, nice. you know, so for me, as a bride in the natural, I, I thank my husband, you know, when we go out for a meal, you know, thank, I still, I still you know, thank you. Thank you for paying for the meal, even though you know, we're one and we're all got all the same accounts and all of that out of, out of honor and respect, because I know it's something he values. It's important to him. You know, I, I honor him as the provider. I honor him, even though, you know, now I, I grew up, um, 
I, I was a mum at home. He he worked, and then when the kids were older, then now I'm I'm working, and he's supporting me in the ministry. But I still thank him um, yeah. because he takes care of all the expenses, and I couldn't do what I'm doing without him. Mm. And and that that sense of honor and thanksgiving, I think, is also something really important in our relationship with the Lord, as well as in in a marriage relationship. Thanksgiving. Mm. And trust, I think, is super, super important. Yeah, I love that. And I think, Catherine, you know, I've been thinking a lot lately. I've been feeling just the weight of the revelation of who Christ is and who Jesus is. And, yes, like he is king and he is Lord. And just this place of discovery, the more I see him, the more it like it, that revelation demands my life, like it demands everything, like it, it's an invitation for me to give all. And as I am journeying more and more in that place with him, the more I see like the fear of the Lord, like that place of just the beauty and the awe and the majesty of God, like that that bubbles up inside of me a thanks that I feel like I can't even thank you enough. Like there is this such a place of adoration and awe that happens in that place of revelation of who yeah. he is. But then the fruit of that is I walk like from that place, let's say encounter, I walk out of that encounter transformed and I want to like steward everything he's given me with integrity and purity and and humility like it's this place where i'm just hearing again as everything you've been sharing like out of the place of really knowing him and really seeing who he is like that just it changes everything it changes how i live my life how i steward like i think sometimes we can get into a place where um you know i've got to do all these things for god like i've got to make sure i'm stewarding well and i've got to make sure i'm doing all of these things but there is a there's such a rest that is found in this place of seeing him that as i see him like everything just overflows from that place. Like as I see him, I joyfully surrender. Like as I see him afresh, like Thanksgiving bubbles up inside of me. And I'm just hearing, Catherine, those words, like I've been hearing as you're talking, expectation, discovery, desperation, intentionality, like this place that Ladies, as you're listening, I, I just feel like there's some ladies that, that as you're listening, you're like, I'm so desperate for the Lord to show up in my life. And I'm so desperate. There are things that I'm needing breakthrough and I'm praying for people that, um, you know, to be saved. And, and I'm feeling like there's some of you listening that you're actually feeling like, you know, what else do I have to do? And as Catherine's been sharing, I've just been feeling this beautiful rest into this place of encounter that he actually is so much more committed or willing to reveal himself than we realize like scripture says while we were yet sinners christ died for us right in the worst possible place that we could have found ourselves in he showed up and i so i just want to encourage those of you listening that where you've been feeling that pressing of circumstance where you've been feeling like a bit kind of um, the season has felt a bit spinny, like there's a lot going on, like there's a simplicity and a depth that I feel like the Lord is inviting you into as Catherine's been sharing 
that as you lay things on the altar, like as you're in that place of adoring him, like he is going to do far above what you could ever hope, imagine or dream. And so I just want to lift off the, I'm feeling this like the overcomplicated and just remind you again that as you lean in, as you seek him, as you listen for what he is saying, that there is such a beautiful move of his spirit upon you right now to see him do and, and reveal his faithfulness to you in a whole new way. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Um, you know, he loves to show himself strong on our behalf and that's, that's who he is. And as we make room for that, as we trust him, as we thank him, as we, we come in expectation before him, bringing ourselves as living sacrifices, I'm sensing that there's a tremendous awakening happening across the body where I know personally my own heart's being revived, being challenged, that um, surrendering in, in every area, that I want every area of my life to be transformed. I want my thinking to be transformed. I want my a relaxing time, my entertainment, everything that I do, I want it all to bring glory to God. And that's something I think that the Holy Spirit is, is doing across the bride of Christ at the moment is this, he's drawing us after himself and giving a grace and a, a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him that's causing our hearts to want to come in surrender, where it's not legalistic or religious. It's just a genuine God, freedom comes in living a surrendered life, in in coming fully onto Team Jesus, where he's the Lord of every area. I can have confidence then in every area that he will take care of us, that he will bless us, that he will help me, and I can have peace. I can lie my head on the pillow at the end of the night, knowing that he's with me, my conscience is clean, because of the grace of God that as, as he leads us, as he shows us, as he patiently teaches us, you know, in Exodus, you read about Moses saying, show me your ways that I may know you. And that's what the Holy Spirit's doing. He's teaching us and leading us. And as we read the Bible each day, as we take time communing with him through the living word, and as we seek to find him in prayer in worship every day, he is releasing wisdom and understanding of what it looks like to live a life on the altar, to live a life of surrender and freedom. And I think that is probably one of the key things that the Holy Spirit's doing in bringing the bride into alignment so that we can live in a place of overflow. He anoints my head with oil, my cup overflows. But I want that anointing, that flow of his presence to be in everything I do and say. I want it to be a mm -hmm. continuous overflow because that's where the blind see and the deaf hear and the lame walk and and the, the and people recognize and see him and that's how, where we get the privilege of glorifying him in everything we do and say. Yes. Oh, I remember when I wrote um, my one of my books, Catherine, I hear the Lord say new era. And one thing that he said to me was, Lana, in the new era, I am going to take center stage again. I am going to take center stage again. And it was this beautiful place of exactly what you have just said, like this beautiful alignment where God is drawing his people into this place of like adoration and awe of who he is that just 
causes me to be in this place of I want to be all in. Lord, if there is something in my life or my heart where I'm not all in, I invite your fire. Like it's this place that you said, it's not legalistic. It's not this religious kind of duty. It is, it's a response of seeing who he is. And I just, as you're sharing, I'm like, oh, I, as we journey through the song of songs, like Brian Simmons, one uh, uh, phrase that he would use a lot in the sacred journey is he would say the Shulamite was conquered by love. She was mm-hmm. conquered by love over and over again. And as you were sharing just then, Catherine, I felt it. Like he's taking center stage and he wants to conquer you afresh with his love. Like there is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. And I, I just feel you carry it so beautifully, Catherine, the delight of, of the Lord and the delight of his heart and the and the delight that he has for his people. And I just, I, I feel that so strongly, like it says in Proverbs 8, you know, if you wait at wisdom's doorway daily, like you will hear a word for every day. Mm. And then what does it say? You will bubble up like overflowing joy. And I'm, I'm feeling that just for as well for this time, that there is this beautiful mm that God is bringing this personal revival, this corporate revival where he is he's really capturing our hearts in a deeper way than I have ever experienced before. So it's beautiful. It's true. It's true. And I think when you recognise what God's doing and you cooperate, um, oh, you, you're living in, the, living in the overflow, living in the the blessing of God that he wants to pour out. So he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit's saying to the churches. And it's beautiful. Lord, here's my hand. Take it. I want to run after you. Lead me and guide me. What What I hear when you share, Catherine, and even when I just look at you, you have such a revelation of the true nature of the Father, of the nature of Jesus and the way that he loves us there that brings a joy and it makes me cry because one of the things that he's been speaking to me about the time that we're in right now is he he showed me a group of people that he's been pursuing and it, and it's going to continue and get more and more and more as we go along obviously but it's the people that have been led in a different direction that are, it's not in line with his nature. They've been taught things about him that it's not the truth of who he actually is. And he's told me that he's like, I'm pursuing them. I'm coming for them. Yes. Like I'm coming after them. And he, he explained it. He was like, their hearts internally have hoped and they have believed that that's not really how I am, but they're not really sure yet and and he said i'm pursuing them and and when i pull them into my lap because i could see jesus pulling them into his lap and they sat on his lap and and i could see jesus doing all these sorts of things he was talking with people but they were just sitting right there and these people were just weeping and they were weeping but it was that that the weeping and the tears of adoration and he said to me he said they will never ever stop adoring me like their gaze will never break from me ever again so it's that passionate pursuit but it comes from that place of knowing the truth of who the father is and the truth of the nature of jesus that is i think breathing back into our churches and it's bringing that authenticity back into the body of christ like this is a covenant and this is a passionate love relationship that the father has 
for you and for those that he calls his own and those that he's he's come for. And so every time you share and I get to, even when I just look at you, I can feel that coming up and out. And it's just such a joy to get to listen to it. I can I can feel it's so strong. It's so beautiful. That's Thank beautiful, you so Courtney. much. I love, I love that vision. I was one of those. Uh, <laughs> and praise God for his goodness. You know, but for me, the turning point came when I, I started to personalize and pray Ephesians chapter 3, 14 to 21. Mm -hmm. I realized I needed this. I didn't have a revelation of this love. So Lord, strengthen me with my, in my inner being, believing that whatever I ask according to the will of God, I can have. So I prayed it, believing I would get this revelation. Mm -hmm. Lord, you know, strengthen me with might by your Holy Spirit so that I can know Christ dwelling in my heart through faith, that I could be rooted and grounded in this love, to know the height, the depth, width, the breadth, the love of Christ that passes knowledge that I may be filled to overflowing with all the fullness of God. I prayed this every single day, personalized it every day and prayed it really intentionally for three months. God changed my life. He took me from being so insecure, always believing that God was always a bit cranky with me, always a bit annoyed, to discovering that he is kinder than I could ever have imagined, that he's, he's, he's always better than I feel like I deserve, and that his love for me uh, it's transforming. It's transformative, glorious love that that causes us, draws us, and remains faithful to us no matter what. So um, I love that, Courtney. That vision is precious. That's why we've got to love people and not judge them, not throw stones at them, uh, but but keep pointing to Him who is better than life. This one, whose love is better than life. And he's kinder always than we feel like we deserve. You know, First John 3, even if my heart condemns me, he is greater than my heart. He's better than I feel like I deserve all the time. Amen. Yes. Oh, this has been absolutely beautiful. Catherine, I'm feeling right now like I think, would you mind praying for... Um, the ladies that are listening and those that are watching on YouTube, just as you said that, I was like, oh, I felt it flowing through you. And just, mm -hmm. would you just pray for us as we wrap up? Well, Father, thank you for this beautiful time to talk about you. What a privilege. What an honour. God, we're so grateful for your kindness, for your patience, for your mercies that are new every morning. And Father, we do ask for the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you to enlighten the eyes of our understanding. Lord, that you would wake us up to recognize your glory, your goodness, your bigness, your majesty. Father, I ask for supernatural strength. Lord, that people would know the love of Christ that passes human knowledge, that they would be filled to overflowing with this supernatural, ongoing river of joy, river of love, Lord God, that they would recognize your kindness, your majesty, Lord, that they may be drawn after you so we can run together and give you glory in the earth. Lord, this is eternal life that we may know you and the one true God and Jesus Christ whom you sent. So, Father, I'm asking, Lord, that you'd help us every day, Lord, to know you more and more. And I thank you for your promise that those who seek will find that you are a rewarder of those who diligently mm. seek you. In Jesus' name, amen.
Amen. Oh, Catherine, thank you, my friend. This has been such a delight. I, I just like, <laughs> this is beautiful. Oh, this is a lovely space to be in. I'm talking with friends and we're all on the same page. It's yeah. delightful. Oh, I love it. It's been such a, a beautiful and rich time. And I know that, Catherine, what you've shared is just is going to bless and encourage and strengthen so many women across the, the earth. So thank you from us for coming on this morning. It's just such a joy. It's such a joy. I love you well, very much. Looking forward to seeing you again soon. I know. I can't wait. I'm looking forward to it as well. Um, before we wrap up, can I just ask for those that um, may not be familiar with how to follow along with you, what is the best way for, um, the, for these incredible ladies to connect with um, what you're releasing, your teaching, all the glorious things the Lord has you doing right now? Well, thanks, Lana. Well, we have our YouTube page, um, Catherine Renala and also Glory City, Facebook, Instagram. We're putting out testimonies all the time on Instagram and Facebook uh, just to glorify God and to encourage people that Jesus is moving. And it's beautiful to see the, the people getting their miracles as the blind are seeing, the deaf are hearing, and uh, doing Facebook encouragements each week. Uh, but also on, on television as well, on Good TV and God TV, ISN and so on. So on the social media, on YouTube, uh, Catherine Renala or Glory City Church. And then I have um, I've written about six books now too where I, I delve in more and more into this. So our heart is that people would just be able to be encouraged. So like you're doing, Lana, it's... Um, it's a joy to talk about him. Yes. Well, lovely ladies, Catherine, as you have seen and heard, for those of you listening on the podcast, um, is a well of encouragement. So if you don't already follow along, I would encourage you to. Uh, one of my favourite spaces when I can get it is uh, is logging on to Glory City on a Sunday night or Sunday afternoon and, uh, and just sitting in the glorious revelation and move of the spirit that is in their midst. So I would encourage you to uh, follow along with Catherine and Glory City Church. All right, lovely ladies, thank you for joining us again for another episode of Zion's Company of Women podcast, and we will see you next time. Bless you. Bye. Bye. We hope that this podcast has blessed you, and we have been blessed by bringing it to you today. If you would like to see more of what Zion's Company of Women is about, please check out our website, zionscompanyofwomen.com. We pray that you 